Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lyles at the free throw line, kicks to Ingles. Here we go again, third time in a row. Joe Ingles living large in Happy Valley from the right corner. And Lyles is dished on three. It is locked on Jazz for the 17th of June. LeBron. Oh, ho, ho. And we have a game seven with the Warriors snapping. Give you two scenarios of draft picks. Which one would you take the pick on? Kevin Pelton releases his numbers drafts and why the draft trade game or the trade game has died. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. You're listening to Locked on Golf, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Make sure you catch Locked on Golf. Real golf guys are out at Oakmont doing a great job. It's all part of the Locked on Golf Podcast Network. Subscribe at Locked on Golf. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz brought to you by Devin Cash. Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate have a chance for you to win two free Jazz season tickets Stay tuned for more details on that in the podcast. All right, let's get uh, right to our pins across the world. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for the five stars all across the world, and thanks you for subscribing to Locked on Jazz. There might be a uh, Game 7 emergency Locked on NBA podcast with the coach. I might, might go grab the coach uh, to get his breakdown of Game 7 uh, for you. My name is Ryan Garner. Well, not really mine, but that's the pin across the world. I'm an avid Jazz fan my entire life. I remember as a kid watching Stockton Malone lead the Jazz to the finals. I remember whenever they were losing, I would go out into my front yard and shoot around thinking my efforts on the court would help. <laughs> in my front yard, I tried to recreate Stockton's famous shot against Houston many times. I played junior Jazz throughout my childhood, and my number was always three, henceforth my favorite player was Brian Russell. I was on my LDS mission in Fiji, and I came across a Fijian lady wearing a Hornacek jersey. I asked her if she knew who he was, and she had no idea. I immediately felt it was my duty to start preaching about the Utah Jazz. And over our conversation, I felt as though she was converted in some way. <laughs> Love our team, the year top to bottom. I haven't always been able to say that. Love the direction we're heading. I immediately drop everything I'm doing to watch the games or to go uh to go to them if possible. Thanks for all you do. Uh, my friend John Dahl showed me your podcast a few years ago, and now I listen to it every day. I'm going to try and make it to as many games as possible. I'm from Kaysville, Utah, moving to Pomona, California. This falls a physician's assistant school, so you can stick a pin in Kaysville as well as Pomona or Fiji if you want. Ryan Garner, he's our pin across the world. You can put your pin in on our Locked on Jazz World by emailing me at dlock. L-O-C-K-E at utahjazz.com. Send us your pin across the world. Give us your backstory, how you became an NBA fan. And more on it, we always love it if you'll tell your friends about this podcast, about the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's how it all works. Let's get to the tip-off story of the day. Game six. This one was lost early. 
I went back to rewatch the first five minutes because that's really we can talk about all the other stuff and the fouls and the this and the meltdowns. This game was lost in the first five minutes of the night, uh, and in that first five minutes of the night. Uh, a few things were obvious to me. Uh, one, the Cavaliers are playing with more energy, more speed, more determination. Uh, as simple as that is. Curry was really not engaged in the game in the way you think he should be. Uh, he he was early. He was already made a nice pass to Barnes who missed a shot. And then he started getting beat up a little bit defensively. Then he missed some defensive assignments. And then the thing that jumped out to me maybe the most – uh, of, of anything was that the routes he so often he throws that pass and he makes that cut and and they just start getting everything moving and you know what uh, they aren't getting anything out of those plays to me that's maybe what was most eye opening is that they aren't getting anything out of their usual action right now whether they're not running it as hard whether the Cavaliers are guarding it. Or the other one, they're just, the Warriors are getting into their shots very quickly. So Curry, you know, his right wing makes the pass left, starts his cut through, and then by the time he finishes his cut, the ball's already up. Uh, so they, you know, the Cleveland last year did a fabulous job of cutting off the Warriors' transition and forcing them in a little bit more in the half court. They've gone back to that a little bit as the series has gone on, and it's made the Warriors more and more uncomfortable. I, I go back to last year, and I've said this the whole time, that that approach that Blatt had was the best approach uh, that, I, that I'd that i seen by, by anyone, really, was just the slow down, make sure the floor is always balanced, everyone's getting back defensively, shadow the ball as it comes up the front court almost in a double team until Bogut, who at the t- time was slow, uh, got down the floor. And they've not quite doing all the same things, but they've reverted back to a lot of it. They're they're more comfortable. They want to play with pace, but they're they're shadowing the ball better. They're, they're eliminating those early opportunities. Uh, Cleveland's really – there's still a – there's a little bit of last year that's returned back as this series – uh, has gone on. The other one early, and it was pointed out, I think, either by Vay Gundy or Jackson or Mike Breen, was the picks they were setting on Igudala early in the game, Cleveland. They, they were, they were really simply making sure that they put wood on Igudala on every pick. And I think that's where the back problems came. Is that eventually he just has worn the amount of hits he's taking, uh, and the increased load in the playoffs. It's, you know, it's funny that the death lineup and the small lineup are all very, very exciting. But they're the more you expose them, the more you play them. There, there seems to be maybe an answer of why there's some problems to it. The size matters um, in a lot of things. The dynamics that are going on around the Warriors I find fascinating. Uh, Curry obviously is just at wit's end. Uh, with frustration as cool as he's trying to be. His wife is melting down in colossal fashion, and some people took offense to the fact that I uh, would tie the two together, but I, I think it's very... Um, I think it's very uh, noticeable or, or important to realize that the person who's closest around you you know, if a head coach, if it's your assistant coach, or if it's a player, it's your wife. If the if the person 
who you're spending the most time with closest right is melting down from the pressure. It is going to impact you. And I, and she's been frankly melting down for a while with her tweets. And you can feel this pressure that is building on the Warriors. And right now, Aisha is representative of that in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, you know, you can say, oh, you can't bring family into it. No, no, this is personal dynamics. This is, uh, everything that's going on, uh, with what, with where, you know, with a team and with those aspects. And what's interesting about it is the fact that, uh, you know, you have the this this aspect that the Warriors do this family stuff and it's all together. They don't isolate their players at all. Well, this, this might be the one um, negative uh, that's going on uh, right now to see uh, kind of how everything uh, – how everything's impacting the Warriors with what's taking place. Now, let's get to the Cavaliers and LeBron. LeBron has just been brilliant. Back-to-back 40-point games. Michael Jordan did 40-40-40-40 against Phoenix, but otherwise never went back-to-back 40 uh, in any other time in his career in the NBA Finals. Uh, LeBron is just otherworldly, and this is why Game 7 is in doubt. The best player on the floor will play for the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 7. And Frankly, in some ways, as a series goes on, plays go out the window. Everyone knows what everyone's doing and what everyone's running. And so you get to the point where uh, you end up, you know, really it becomes one-on-one basketball. And and that, then Kyrie Irving becomes uh, really, really special. Uh, And... So in some ways, maybe the two best players for a game seven are on Cleveland. You know, Kyrie's not great defensively, but when you get into a game seven and everyone knows every action and where you're going, Kyrie's as good a pure shooter and as good a one-on-one player as there is in the NBA. Game seven is real. And then add into the dynamic that Draymond Green, with that suspension, opened this door for the Cavaliers. He He didn't leave the door open. He opened the door. It was closed. That series was over, and Draymond Green fell for LeBron's antics and is now giving Cleveland life, and the Warriors are going to be tight as can be, and the Cleveland is playing with house money. Game seven is going to be fascinating. Uh, so, you know, keep an eye on, on that. Uh, today's edition of the program is brought to you by Devin Cash. Devin Cash has done... Really, just so thankful to Devin to be the kind of the first one out there to support Locked On Jazz. Special thanks to Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate. And Devin, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is a chance for you to win two free season tickets when you buy or sell your home with Devin. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the market right now. I think you guys probably know they announced the other day they're not changing interest rates, so they stay historically low. It's a great time to buy, great time to sell. Realtors are seeing more and more buyers, sellers are making fewer concessions to close a deal in some cases, so multiple buyers are competing for single property. It, it, it's good time right now to get in the marketplace, make the move you want to move. And then Devin Cash with Equity Real Estate is the guy to use. And the re, his 
There's so much to it. But first off, he loves first-timers. So if you're a first-time home buyer, he really enjoys and, and cherishes the opportunity to help you through the process, eliminate the pressure, eliminate the questions. You're not dealing with secretaries, receptionists, coordinators. You're dealing with Devin directly. He's not going to rush you through the process. It, it's, a, it's a fabulous first-time experience to walk in that house and own your house, and Devin wants to be there uh, for to be a part of it. Says that he approaches real estate with the heart of a teacher. He wants to take away the uncomfortable situations, calm, bring a calmness uh, to what's taking place. Uh, Charity and, and Ryan used Devin. They said we're so happy with Devin as our realtor, both in purchasing our new home and selling our home. Devin's knowledge and experience helped reduce the worry and so in a uh, sometimes stressful situation. Tireless hard work, kindness in every interaction made us feel supported each step. Of the way. So call Devin Cash at 801-759-1495. That's Devin Cash, 801-759-1495. Jeff Hornacek, Richard Dent is the back end of that, 1495. I don't have a 759. 801-759-1495. I have no idea if Richard Dent was really number 95 for the Bears, but. Tony Parks will tell me. Uh, and he has two season tickets for you to the Utah Jazz. When you buy or sell a home uh, with Devin Cash, certain restrictions apply and call for details. So it is time right now to get on the phone and get be a part of this buyer's and seller's market and be a part of it. 801-759-1495 with Devin Cash. Uh, some interesting notes on the Jazz, by the way. Uh, the word is that Gordon Hayward is just busting his butt. He has uh, been in town working a tremendous amount uh, and going at it. Dennis Lindsay has revealed that uh, behind the curtain every day, Dante Exum is doing a lot of work. Brandon Davies and Tyler Hawes were both in the building the other day. A lot of jazz players are in town right now uh, working. I don't know how many of them I'm allowed to say. There's it always seems to be some sort of um, you know quietness to that. So, but I would just tell you that there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of players that are in town right now, which is new. This is different. We've never had this before. Uh, working hard to try to improve. And Gordon has just people around the organization wowed right now uh, by the work he's putting in and the effort and the time uh, that he is to committing to, to the team. So some exciting stuff there. All right, uh, Kevin Pelton. Actually, I want to ask you a hypothetical. I think this one's kind of fun. This is an over-exaggeration of the difference between uh, Sabonis and and Davis, um, but if I if I were to watch Sabonis, I see uh, incredible motor, huge huge effort, completely committed to the team winning, lack of uh, measurables, short arms, about two inches shorter than you'd like him to be, uh, not particularly quick. Not elite athletically, not a lot of bounce. Really strong fundamental player with great effort. But no elite athletic wow. When I say Deontay Davis, unbelievable athletic skill, uh, surprisingly uh, good touch. He says he shot it really, really well yesterday. Uh, and Walt Perrin backed it up that he shot it pretty well. Um, He's probably further ahead of, in some ways, where Favors is, uh, was at that time in shooting. Uh, so good, good. I mean, just an abundance of athletic skill. Young, doesn't play 
with the same. Doesn't play. So I don't want to misrepresent Davis here. When you watch him in a game, he doesn't play slow at all, but doesn't play with the same force as a Sabonis. Um, doesn't didn't have a chance maybe impact wise. It's hard. This is hard because I've used two players' names, but I think it's a you know I, I I'm over generalizing because I think it's a really curious debate on. How much elite NBA skill set? I mean, Davis has just got it. He's just, you know, he's 6'10". He's 245 pounds. He can jump. He's got pretty soft touch. He's just, it's remarkable. Now, I, he's been, I, my take on guys like this often is they've been so good and so big, they have they just have never had a need for a motor. And you have no idea whether the motor's in there or not. And then you got a guy like Sabonis who just has the motor. He's played Lithuanian nationally. He's got better experience. He may be, because he was brought up inside the game, he just plays incredibly hard. And, but he doesn't have any of those elite skills. Which of those two would you rather have? Which of those two would you rather have? It's an interesting question. By the way, there's a real chance that Jakob Pertl's on the board at 12. At which point, I think the Jazz might have to take him. Uh, if you look at most viewpoints now of where the mock draft is, the top eight guys are pretty well set. So Simmons, Ingram, Murray, Chris, Dunn, Brown, Buddy Heel, Dragon, Bender are are the eight players that are are going. Now there's a chance Scal Labossier is going to is going to bounce up higher, which is a little surprising. I I think there's a chance Davis gets up a little bit higher. But for the for the purpose of this discussion, sorry about that. Uh, for the purpose of that discussion. Let's go with uh, that. Now, Toronto's at 9, Milwaukee's at 10, Orlando's at 11. Toronto's not taking Jakob Pertl, I don't think, with Bismack Biombo and Jan Valanciunas. Milwaukee might, but they really need shooting, and they need, and they need, uh, and, and they need a point guard. They don't like Michael Carter-Williams. So, Pirtle might go there, but there's also a real chance that they go to Wade Baldwin or they go uh, some other place in the mix of this. Or, you know, frankly, if Scalabas, if, if anybody's jumped, then that guy's going to slide. But let's assume they don't. So you have, uh, you know, I don't know who Toronto, Toronto, Toronto may take Davis at that point. Now, Milwaukee could very well, but they have John Anson. I, I just, I'm not sure I see them taking Pirtle. I see them trying to find some shooting, something of that nature. Uh, then you get to 11 and Orlando, and if Davis is still on the board, maybe they go there. Scalabassier is this incredible athlete. That, that's where Pirtle actually can get to 12. Henry Ellison goes. Pirtle gets to 12, and it's not really probably what the Jazz intended, but I think if his skill, if he's on the board, it would be awfully hard for the Jazz to, to not take him. All right, uh, Kevin Pelton came out with his – uh, ranking system. It's actually been pretty good over the years. Um, and uh, it's over on Insider. Please go get it. So he has Ben Simmons comes out as... Um, so what he's done is... Um, it's basically his numbers system, consensus, uh, wins over replacement level uh, player of where he uh, where he has them. Um so, uh, first Ben Simmons one. Dragon Bender he has very high as two. Um, he's 
based on his performance with Maccabi Tel Aviv and, and uh, his, it does not include his FIBA U18, uh, but he's one of the highest scores ever for a young international player. So he comes in um, really, really well. Brandon Ingram, three. Jamal Murray, four. Murray's the one guy, by the way, from my mind, two, three, eight, I would trade up to go get. I think he's going to be 20-point-a-game scorer in this league. Um, he didn't do much steals and block shots, which makes him a little conserving NBA wise. Uh, but I, I think Pertle come, I think he's going to be a 20 plus point game scorer. Uh, Pertle comes in at five. Uh, and, uh, there's, and so, you know, he, and there's a bunch of other systems that the ESPN, uh, analytics is run. Also, there was a Paul Sabin and Sharon Katz uh, piece that went out uh, analytically we can look at. The Chinese kid, uh, Zhao Q, I, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name, comes in at sixth. Uh, very interesting. Chris Dunn, seventh. Uh, Hernan Gomez comes in at eight. Zizic is ten. Uh, Jazz are interested in Zizic. She's just a big, huge body. Uh, Marquise Chris at 10, Wade Baldwin at 11. Uh, he's He actually was good his freshman year. Um, his among sophomores in his college, Kevin's college database, he's the only player with a projected assist rate better than 7 per 100 plays and projected 3-point shooting better than 35% was Chris Paul. Paul was far superior, but that's... Where Baldwin's coming in. Zubak is 12. Buddy uh, Heald is 13. Fred Van Velt, a little bit surprising, is 14. He's 60th on the big board. Uh, you know, Andre Roberson was one of these guys that really came out. Well, Rajon Rondo was one, too, actually. Kevin Pelton's had good success with this. Henry Ellison, 15. Tyler Eulis, 16. Demona Sabonis, 17. Uh, Korkmaz, 18. Patrick McCaw, a UNLV, he was 28 on the big board, 19. Deontay Davis, 20th. Uh, Denzel Valentine, 21. Diamond Stone, 22, is a center out of Maryland. Gary Payton uh, is 23rd. Pelton's huge on Payton. It's 6-3, out-rebounded Stone on the defensive glass. Um, he's the best defensive rebounding point guard ever in his database. Uh, Diallo, 25. Warney out of Stony Brook, 26. DeJounte Murray, 28. Um, it's interesting. Michael Beasley, 29. Ron Barker, 30. So if you look at guys who are not projected, Marquise Chris is probably projected 32nd um, and 10th overall. Um, I think I'm reading this right. Um, they kind of converted some of these things. Thon Maker... Um, and a few other prospects are down, uh, are, is not, are not projected on this. But so go check it out. It's interesting. Um, I'm not sure that I have, that there's been a huge variance here. Sometimes Kevin really has some players that aren't expected. Ron Baker comes out much better, uh, I would say, than, than where he is on most draft boards. Um, Gary Payton comes out much better than he does on most draft boards. Uh, would probably be the ones that jump out. Guys that come out less well. Marquise Chris does not come out as well. Buddy Heald does not come out as well. Demata Sabonis doesn't come out uh, quite as well. Uh, just on the pure uh, warp. Uh, neither does Kansas Diallo and DeJounte Murray doesn't. So there's some of the numbers stuff. 
uh, that's going on for you as well. So I do not have a trade today. A little bit of what's happened here, I think, and this I think this is making this an even better um, offer, um, is that because the first few guys who did this got worked, people have gotten hesitant. So, for example, Joe Barnes, Jazz General Manager, sent me, I'll send you Alec Burks, Trey Burke, and a second-round pick for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. All right, come on now. Like, really? Michael Kidd-Gilchrist was the number two pick of a draft. Alec Burks, who's questionable whether he stay healthy, as is Kidd-Gilchrist, but Trey Burke in a second round. So you're Alec Burks or Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is what that trade is. Like, no one's accepting that trade. It's a joke. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, Gerald Bowers, kind of, this one's a little more interesting, trade 12th pick, Trey Burke, Alec Burks for Denver's 15th, 19th, and Will Barton. Well, Denver comes back and says, well, I think Will Barton's better than Alec Burks. You might disagree, but Denver probably does think that at this point. Trey Burke is limited value, so now you're just trading 12. You're trading 15 and 19 for 12. Why? Why? Like, the only reason would be because Denver doesn't want to pick, but they can get more value on the market for that. And the answer from Jazz GM Gerald Bowers is, can we add OKC's first or Golden State's first? So what, what has happened is after everybody made these trades to try to blow up the team, and then they saw that they might be, uh, you know, they get somewhat annihilated, I guess, um, from everyone else out there. Uh, the, the next thing that's happening is now all a lot of the trades I'm getting are uh, trying to trade Trey Burke, Alec Burks, and Oklahoma City's pick, which may become a second-round pick if Durant leaves or a late first. In other words, they don't want to make any real deals. Uh the, the best ones have been some really minor Trey Burke deals, Trey Burke for Hollis Thompson or something like that, and I think that's probably uh, realistic, though that one started with Trey Burke for Philadelphia's like 20th pick and Hollis Thompson, and that's not um, going to happen. Uh, the uh, There's been an effort to try to get, uh, again, the same – the deal value, I think, I'm guessing, because – the first ones we put out on Facebook, when guys when I when guys gave up too much, they got skewered. So Patrick Day offered the Jazz general manager Patrick Day offered the Philadelphia 76ers, Gordon Hayward, Alec Burks, Trey Burke. Like Alec Burks and Trey Burke, I love them, but they're not of they want for the number one pick. Not happening. Like Trey Burke's value on the marketplace is as a backup point guard. And you're not giving much up for him, okay? Uh, Alec Burks has not stayed healthy, so th- these are these are not scenarios that are going to happen uh, with a lot of of that nature. So anyway, I just sharing why I don't have a trade today. I will continue this weekend. I will go through the um, 68 emails that I have in my file and see if I can uh, uh, find one. And, and have one for you on Monday. Enjoy Game 7. This has been Locked On Jazz. Thanks very much. Uh, catch Locked On Golf on the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as others soon to come. Thanks. 
Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.